No longer an apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Today, we're going to be talking about UNC men's basketball's win over College of Charleston last night. I know I was not able to get to the season opener. We're going to sprinkle in a little bit of info from that game, but we're mainly going to be talking about the game from last night because I was there. It was electric. Very fun game. A little bit of a scary start in the first half, but the second half, the squad picked it up and they showed why they are the number one team in the country. Let's get right into it. So UNC won 102 to 86. They were down seven at halftime. They were down 50 to 43, giving up 50 points to College of Charleston. I mean, who would have thought Dalton Bolton had 14 in the first half, but College of Charleston shot 52.5% from the field, 43% from three in that first half, and that really took us fans by surprise. The defense was terrible. We weren't able to get a single stop. Uh, Brozovich had 15. He was able to hit some threes uh, for Charleston, Uh, and while we were able to hang on the offensive and the defense was just so bad and not what we were used to whatsoever, but in the second half, Armando Baycott picked it up. He had 28 on the game and six rebounds, uh, along with Caleb Love's 25, helped the Tar Heels win by 16, although this is a close game for uh, for the most part because of the inability to get defensive stops. Um, That was really the main reason, honestly. The offense was really good, scoring above 100. You can't complain there, and especially in the first half. I mean, here's the main headline. Armando Baycott, just an absolute tale of two two halves. Uh, He flipped the switch like no other. Uh, I was saying in the first half, It was one of the worst, if not the worst half of basketball I've seen Armando Baycott play in his four years at Carolina. But then in the second half, it was one of the most dominant halves I've seen Armando Baycott play at Carolina. First half, guys, he had one point and one rebound. Took one shot. Now, part of that is on Caleb and RJ to give him the ball, but he just looked not aggressive. The double teams were bothering him. He Honestly, he didn't really look like he wanted to be there. There was such a passiveness uh, that we've never really seen from Armando Baycott in that first half. But in that second half, he was an absolute animal. He had 19 points in the first 10 minutes of the second half. He went from 1 to 20 in that time span. He had 27 points alone in the second half. He was getting and one baskets, 8 of 12 from the free throw line. That's not too bad. We want him probably to get above 70%, but we'll take that percentage there. Uh, He was getting boards, had five in the second half, uh, and he really led this just offensive surge in the second half where we scored nearly 60 points in the half. So a great turnaround for Baycott because a pretty underwhelming start to the season for him. UNCW, the double teams really, really bothered him. He's obviously going to be the key player for teams to focus in on. Uh, but thing is, thing is, when he wasn't getting going, Caleb Love uh, and Leaky Black really picked up the slack in the first half. And Love was fantastic, I thought. 25 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, only 1 turnover. I know he was 1 of 9 from 3. The threes were just not falling. They were good looks, though. But... When he's driving to the basket, that first step is so quick. And he's so good around the basket, he can make any layup. And we had a crazy uh, layup finish uh, to get, uh, I think UNC was up a, a one or two at that point to extend the lead as we were starting to pull away. This guy can make any shot around the paint, I think. He's that good. Caleb the aggressor, I, I kind of wrote in my notes here. Uh, so when he gets downhill, he's almost impossible to stop. And he showed yesterday... I know the dunk at the end of the game, 
Coach Davis didn't like that, but you're in the heat of the moment. We just scored 100. The alley-oop to Baycott. Um, I was in the risers for this game. The first time I've ever stood in the risers at a UNC game, and it was one of the best viewing experiences of my life in anything. Sports, entertainment, I don't care. Uh, although the other sectors are pretty limited, but for sports, being in the risers at a Tar Heel game, nothing beats it. I don't care if Drake May throws 15 touchdowns in Keenan Stadium. Being in the Dean Dome is awesome. I loved it so much. Great energy in that second half comeback. Uh, was so much fun. And the alley-oop to Baycott for 100 points to get. The biscuits, the Bojangles, two sausage biscuits for $1 deal. Even though I wasn't able to make my way over to Bojangles to do that. Uh, the alley-oop and then the Caleb Love dunk right in front of us. That got the crowd so hype. I was losing it. Uh, so much fun. I'm going to have to make my way back there. But back to the main point. Caleb Love really had a had a good game. Uh, and obviously the dunk thing with Coach Davis, he probably won't do that again, but you're in the moment, I'll give him a pass there. Leaky Black, 15 points, 6 of 6 from the field, made two three-pointers, perfect from the field, obviously, good defense all around for the most part. I think when Bolin got going uh, on Caleb Love, putting Leaky Black on him put a stop to his game because he was really bullying Love down low, kind of getting what he wanted early in the game. But if Leakin can contribute 8 to 10 points a game, if he can average 10 points a game, I think that's going to be a huge boost for this team because obviously without Brady Manick, going to need some more supplement scoring because we really just had those four guys to carry us last year. Uh, so I thought a very good game from Leakey. And when he looks to score, he's a whole different player. Uh, RJ Davis had 11 points. Pretty good game from him. A little um, not as aggressive as I wanted him to be. Uh, not really sure what was going on there, but that's the thing. RJ doesn't have to be this big scorer every game because you can let Caleb take control at the helm if he's really driving the ball well like he was yesterday. And then the biggest thing on offense, got to feed Armando Baycott the ball. 10 of 13, I mean, again, 28 points. He's our best player. Offense needs to go through him. And here's why. It's because when Baycott gets going on the inside, it attracts defenders down low. It's inside out. Opens up three-point shots for your guards. Um, We saw Tyler Nickel hit a three last night. We're going to get to him in a little bit, uh, but it opens up more on the outside. It, open up, it opens up more driving lanes for Caleb Love, and then on the offensive boards, it gets you more free throw opportunities. We shot 38 free throws yesterday. That is huge. Uh, when I mean, we still shot 50%. No, we sorry. We shot 60% from the field, 50% in the first half, 71% in the second half. We only missed eight shots. We are 20 of 28 in the second half, but Getting Baycott going for this offense makes us one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country because he's so good, he's so physical, he's so strong, and him controlling the boards, getting second chance opportunities, very, very important for UNC. Now let's go to the bench because I thought it looked good. Tyler Nickel, really good game. Eight points, love the aggression he played with. Only eight minutes too. Seth Trimble, he had 11 minutes, made both of his shots. He had four points. Great defensive player, I think. DeMar, uh, or Seth Trimble, really good defender. I thought one of the biggest plays of the game was he fouled, um, gonna pull up his name real quick. He fouled Jalen Scott, number 21. And it was a little ticky-tacky, but he was playing hard defense. Very next play, Scott goes right back at Trimble, gives him an extension of the arm, offensive foul, on Scott, 
Trimble gets hype. Great defensive stop. Turns into a bucket on the other end. Having a freshman come off the bench and give you valuable minutes as a defender, so important, especially when foul trouble comes into play. It, it really does in the ACC. Gotta have a next man up in tally. Seth Trimble loved how he played. And I really like how DeMarco Dunn played. He had four points as well. Made two of three shots. Eight minutes. I think he can really be solid uh, in a guard supplement role. He showed a bit of a scoring punch. And I think getting him going is important for this team because obviously he's had a year in the system, unlike Seth and Tyler. Dontrez hasn't been great to start off. So DeMarco will be the sophomore we're calling his name. We're going to be calling his name to come off the bench and score a little bit. And I think he has the ability to do so. Would love to him to start knocking down some more jumpers, but a good midi uh, in that game. So but with those three guys on the bench, it's enough of a scoring punch. Uh, that's 16 points off the bench. We rarely got that last year. And obviously when Puff Johnson comes back, that's going to help a lot too. Pete Nance, I'm not panicking yet with him. We're still trying to find uh, his footing on offense. I think trying to find what his role is. Is he going to be a stretch four? Is he going to work in the post? How does that work with Baycott? Uh, And even in the minutes where he was the lone center on the floor with Baycott on the bench with the four guards or four wing players, I still just didn't think he asserted his dominance on the game. He's 6'10", he's a good rebounder, a good scorer, and we're just not seeing it yet. I still think he's trying to figure out his footing, but nevertheless, I'm not not too mad there. Uh, Let's talk about the defense, though, because uh, I feel like we talked about a lot of the good. Uh, We saw how lethal this offense can be when Caleb Love gets downhill and and when Armando Baycott dominates the paint, and obviously when RJ and and Leakey can hit some outside shots. Um, But this defense was really bad last night. And again, College of Charleston, they shot 49% from the field for the whole game. Uh, They were getting some good looks. They were getting mismatches. I think it starts with guarding screens better. We got to figure out how to either hedge over screens so we don't get switches where we get Baycott on the perimeter or we get RJ Davis getting back down by a bigger guard or forward down low. Even Caleb Love, uh, we can't get our guards in those positions. And I think something that gave us trouble that will probably give us trouble this season, uh, Brozvich um, for College of Charleston, uh, he made three of five threes. He was stretching the floor. Very tough matchup for Armando. They're trying to get Armando on the perimeter as much as they could to get a mismatch like that either with a stretch big on the outside or a guard getting posted up on the inside. We have to figure out a way to prevent that from happening. I don't know if that's switching less. I don't know if that's trying to create a double. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a coach. I don't have these answers. But these are just things I'm observing, especially from this game, that defensively we need to get better. And then the biggest thing defensively, got to rebound the ball. Both of these games, I think we've been out-rebounded. We can't have that. We have Armando Baycott, Pete Nance. These are good rebounders. Baycott, one of the best rebounders in the country. 31 double-doubles last season. Or 29. I can't remember the number, but he tied David Robinson's record. We cannot get out-rebounded 35-32 to by College of Charleston with the guys we have. We're not boxing out. We're ball-watching. The second-chance opportunities, I mean, they had 15 second-chance points. When we play ACC teams, or even when we play Michigan and Indiana coming up with these tournaments, we cannot give up offensive rebounds. Now, obviously, we're going to get our own offensive rebounds at the other end, but biggest thing, it's just like 7th grade basketball. I was there, guys. You guys were there, too. Box out. Find a man. Get a body on him. Back him. Push him back obviously with your behind and go get that rebound and then run the floor because there were times in the first half where we could have gotten back in it and pulled away and 
tied the game or taken a lead, but we couldn't get the offensive rebound. Caleb Love had nine rebounds, even though Baycott had six and he had an amazing second half. He should have more than six rebounds. Pete Nance. Pete Nance had one rebound. Pete Nance is way too good and too strong and too tall to have one rebound. It's really not that hard, but that's got to be a big point of emphasis for Hubert Davis and company with the coaching staff, uh, with their players, because again, cannot give up easy buckets like that where it's just offensive rebound, put it back up. But all in all, this second half showed why UNC is the best team in the country right now. They showed why they're number one and they shouldn't leave because when the offense gets going, when Baycott, he's the engine, he started it. He gets the team going. When he starts putting his big footprint on the game, because it's a massive one, it opens up things for the guards. Leak can get a basket or two. I think it'll help out Pete Nance as well because you can go maybe, maybe a little high, low action, maybe two guys on the block. Pete Nance can work inside or outside. Maybe it'll open up some three points for him, but when Baycott draws the attention, it opens up a lot more ball movement, a lot more lanes to drive, and we saw in the second half why UNC is that good. And then we'll see with the bench uh, who can continue to step up. The three names I mentioned, I'm really liking how they're playing right now. Uh, But all in all, a very fun game. Dean Dome, obviously one of the best environments in college basketball. Uh, And this team, obviously, since this is the first episode, I guess we'll talk about the expectations for this season, uh, it's obviously a championship for or bust for them, for a lot of fans. But for me, it's at least got to make it back to the Final Four. It's very hard to win a championship. You guys saw last year, a lot of things have to go your way. Uh, I mean, the Baylor game. I mean, how many things? I mean, even though when so many things went wrong in that overtime period, how many things went right against UCLA? Caleb Love making every shot that he took. The Duke game, I mean, there or even St. Peter's beating Purdue, who I think would have given us a lot of trouble with Jaden Ivey, uh, Travion Williams, Zach Eady. That was a very good Purdue team that beat us earlier in the season by nine, even when Darson, Dawson Garcia had 27 points. I mean, a lot of things have to go right to win a championship. But for this team, the minimum should be a Final Four appearance, again, because it's an experienced team with a lot of talent. And here are the, the prereqs I think you need to be considered a championship contender. First off, you need to have one of the best players in the country. We do with Armando Baycott. Having a really good big man, a lot of teams don't have that. And Baycott took advantage of it last year, and he's going to do the same this year. But a big difference as well, when you have that experienced, experienced one of the best players in the country, big man, combining with experienced guards, Caleb Love, he's going to be your scoring guard. And RJ's going to be your point guard. He's going to distribute it out. He did have three assists last night. Um, so the experience of guards, you got a graduate lockdown defender in Leaky Black, and you got a transfer who dropped 15 a game at Northwestern. This roster has a lot of talent. And they're still figuring all the pieces, I think. We got a couple new pieces to fit in there. Going to figure out where they go. And it took us a while last season, but... We can't panic, obviously, just because College of Charleston gave us a run for their money. And I saw a tweet, actually, by Jeff Goodman from the Field of 68 that said that we played two championship, or not, sorry, he said that we played two tournament teams. And I think he's right. UNCW and College of Charleston are two very, very good teams, not in the Power Five. 
I mean, I think they're in the same conference, but Charleston's a very good basketball team. UNCW, their defense was very stifling, holding us to 69 points only. That, that game is supposed to be a blowout, uh, and their press really gave us some trouble. These are good basketball teams. We're not playing these teams that Duke are playing. We're not playing some, like, random school from, I don't even know. For Okay, don't want to throw them under the bus, but Duke played Jacksonville uh, in one of their first couple games. That's an easy game. These are good teams that are competitive. They upset teams in the tournament. I'm sure you guys have picked a UNCW team in your bracket as a 13 or 12 seed to go win a game. You know why? It's because even though they're not in the ACC or the Big Ten, they're good basketball teams. And Charleston showed yesterday that they are a good basketball team. Don't be surprised if you see either of these teams or both of these teams in the tournament. And I love how UNC started off their schedule this way because you got to hop right back in if you want to win a championship. No easy games. Uh, Credit to both of these teams for giving UNC a run for their money. But obviously, UNC taking home the dub by 16, 2-0 on the season. They'll be back in the Dean Dome on Tuesday playing Gardner-Webb. And that's going to do it for today's episode of 125 Unfiltered. Got a couple guest episodes coming up. UNC Women's Soccer plays tonight at 7. I'm about to head there right when I post this. Field hockey, second round tomorrow against St. Joe's as well. Uh, I'll be having two guest episodes, one uh, for each sport respectively. So stay tuned for that. And then obviously, episode 125 is coming up. I'm going to be doing a Q&A. If you're listening, send in questions to my social medias, my phone number, whichever one you have for me, uh, social media, jdolgoff3. Let me just double check and make sure that is right before I sign off here. Yes, jdolgoff3 on Instagram or Twitter. Send me some questions for this special 125th episode. But that's going to do it. Like I said, thank you so much for listening, and I'll speak to you next time.